0: Hey folks, welcome back to the Preacher's Devo podcast. I am your host, Daniel Messina. The Preacher's Devo podcast is designed for those seeking some devotional thought on certain biblical truths and doctrines of the faith. Throughout the podcast, I offer an analysis of the content found in the Heidelberg Catechism. I have picked the Heidelberg Catechism for its easy-to-follow structure of 52 Lord's Days. Today we continue on our journey through the Ten Commandments. The Ten Commandments, as they are known, are divided in two main tables. The first table of the law, as it is called, speaks of our relationship with God, and the second table of the law speaks of our relationship with our neighbors. When Jesus was approached by the leaders of his day, he answered it in this manner. What is the greatest commandment, he was asked. And the greatest commandment is that you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And the second one was like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. So the Ten Commandments again are divided into these two main sections. Today we are in Lord's Day number 37. And unusually, the Heidelberg Catechism continues its talk on the third commandment. So now two days in a row we're speaking of the third commandment. The third commandment states, "You shall not take the name of the Lord your God in vain, for the Lord will not hold him guiltless who takes his name in vain." The writers of the Heidelberg Catechism felt necessary to expand on the Third Commandment. So, Lord's Day number 37 begins with this question. But may we swear reverently by the name of God? The answer given is yes, when the magistrate requires it or when it may be needful otherwise to maintain and promote fidelity And truth to the glory of God and our neighbor's good. For such an oath is grounded in God's word and therefore was rightly used by the saints in the Old and New Testaments. This seems like an odd choice of a question and also an odd answer. However, the next question will explain why such emphasis on swearing falsely. But before we get there, let's examine the answer given for this first question. The reformers were referring to the magistrate as the government of their day. The answer given in the positive has to do with the swearing of allegiance to a particular country or a particular government authority. In American culture, very often children will pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States. Such pledge of allegiance happens around the country in certain schools and even in Churches as a way to remind children and even adults of their commitment to the unity of their country. The United States' Pledge of Allegiance is as follows. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands, one nation under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. The Pledge of Allegiance was composed by Francis Bellamy in 1892. It seems that the original version did not contain the words under God, that it was a later addition. Nevertheless, it has been tradition to use them. Many today do take issue with the words under God. As the United States has turned into a pluralist society, not only in religion, but also in thought, many believe that this is just a nod to the Christian God. Therefore, atheists, Hindus, Muslims, and Buddhists, and others— take issue with the word under God and have required it to be removed from the Pledge of Allegiance. But again, why would the people and the folks that wrote the Heidelberg Catechism focus so much on this idea of swearing and dedicate a full day, Lord's Day number 37, to focus on this aspect of the Third Commandment? Well, Reverend Stephen Hart offers us some insight. He says, We may have reason to wonder why the writers of the Catechism devoted an entire Lord's Day to the matter of swearing an oath. Oath Oath-taking is not a controversial subject for us today. Many of us give the matter very little thought. In the time of the Reformation, however, things were different. On the one hand, there were Anabaptists who taught that you may never swear an oath at all. They pointed to Matthew five, thirty-three through thirty-seven, where the Lord Jesus said, Do not swear at all, but let your yes be yes and your no be wo- no. For whatever is more than these is from the evil one. And remember folks, Matthew five, thirty-three to thirty-seven is one of the main texts used from last week's episode. And he continues. And on the other hand, there were the Roman Catholics who swore many oaths and did not just call upon the name of the Lord, but also swore by saints and other things. But the matter of making and keeping an oath was also of great concern to the people of the Reformation. The Roman Catholics accused many Reformed believers with the breaking of the vows that they had previously made in the name of the Lord. Many people, such as Martin Luther, had vowed in God's name to be a monk, not to get married, or to make similar vows. But now, they were no longer a part of the Roman Catholic Church, and they had discarded these vows, according to them. And the Roman Catholics charged them with dishonoring the name of God. And let us not forget that those who swear in the name of the Lord according to the third commandment will suffer consequences because it comes with a warning. It says that the Lord will not hold him guiltless who takes his name in vain. And as we spoke in our last episode, those who swore and blasphemed against the name of the Lord were put to death in the Old Testament. So Lord's Day, number 37, was largely written to give a biblical response to the challenges raised by both the Anabaptists and the Roman Catholics in the time of the Reformation. Again, the locus and the focus of Lord's Day number 37 also has to do with the idea of whether or not one should take an oath at all. But let me point out to you that one of my professors from Southeastern, Dr. Mark Rooker, who is an expert in the Old Testament, has said the following. The Third Commandment does not exclude legitimate oaths, as they were relatively common in the Old Testament Deuteronomy 6.13, Jeremiah 4.2, as well as the new Romans 1 9 and 9.1. Stepping back into the context of the reformers, listen to how the second question of Lord's Day, number 37, is framed. It says, May we swear by the quote unquote the saints, or by any other creatures? The answer given is no. For a lawful oath is calling upon God, that He, as the only searcher of hearts, may bear witness to the truth, and punish me if I swear falsely, which honor is due to no creature. One of the texts that is offered is Matthew chapter 5, verses 34-36, through 36, which says, But I say to you, this is Jesus, do not swear at all, neither by heaven, For it is God's throne, nor by earth, for it is his footstool, nor by Jerusalem, for it is the city of the great king. Nor shall you swear by your head, because you cannot make one hair white or black. Of course, in context, Jesus is speaking of swearing falsely and swearing improperly. And this, again, folks, has to do with keeping the Lord's name above all things as supreme, It may be important for us to remember right now of the call that Jesus has given us. He has called us to be witnesses. Witnesses of what or of whom? Well, Acts chapter 1 verse 8 says, But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and all Judea and to the ends of the earth. At Pentecost, Peter says something that is very significant. And this phrase will appear throughout the book of Acts as well, referring to the name of the Lord. Peter says in Acts chapter 2 verse 21, And it shall come to pass that everyone who calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. The Greek word for name, Anima, appears in the book of Acts in the same chapter and elsewhere. Listen to Acts chapter 2 verse 38. And Peter said to them, Repent and be baptized every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Acts chapter 4 verse 10 says, Let it be known to all of you and to all the people of Israel that by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, whom God raised from the dead, by him this man is standing before you well. This is, of course, after a miracle is performed. I could go on and on, but again, one last verse from the book of Acts, chapter 4, verse 12, which many of you may be familiar with. And there is salvation and no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. The name of God. The name of the Lord must be revered and honored. Jesus Christ himself is the name above all names, and he deserves all of our respect. Not only shall we not take his name in vain, but we should also remember that it is through his name that all peoples will come to him and will receive salvation and do still receive salvation because his name is powerful and it gives us the redemption that we so desperately need. Well, folks, that's it for Lord's Day number 37 and for this episode of the Preacher's Devo podcast. Thank you for listening, and until our next podcast, stay encouraged, encourage others, and keep growing in Christ. Feel free to share this podcast and to subscribe. Thank you, and God bless.